This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. Phil, yes, I'm from Kelowna. I, uh, I pastor a church called Willow Park Church in Kelowna. I'm married to Michelle. We have two daughters. Well, we have four children, but two daughters, twins. They're 20 years old. Pray for me. Um, and I have a uh, Isabella. She is first Emily and Jessica. I have a Isabella. She's 16. She's always smiling. She's Isabella. She's Italian. And then I have uh, Josiah, who is uh, 12. He's Jewish. And so, so uh, that's my family. We moved from England. We come from the Midlands, from Birmingham. If you watch that terrible show, Peaky Blinders, that's where I'm from. Uh, but of course, none of you do because you're Baptists. So what I want to share with you this morning, something really, really important. And as we move forward and understand the future and we understand what God is doing in our age, what I want to teach you over the next two sessions is incredibly important and possibly one of the most important things that any pastor should be telling you in this day and age. Because the church in so many areas is under attack. In so many ways, being a Christian has become more difficult, more challenging. And the question I ask myself is this, in this age, in this day, are you willing to allow God to move in your life? And how are we going to survive as Christians? Well, Jesus taught us exactly how we are going to survive. And you'll notice um, the scriptures coming up, John 15 and verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off all the branches that bear no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like branches that will be thrown away and withered. Such branches picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The challenge is this, and Jesus seems to say it pretty clearly when he starts to talk about the vine. Jesus loved to talk in metaphors. I mean, earlier, he saw the the triumphant procession of the priests in the temple carrying the torches, which represented the Shekinah glory, the cloud, the fire, the presence of God, and he declared, I am the light. 
Earlier on, he saw the water at the Feast of Tabernacles being poured out. And he said, anybody that first come unto me, because I am the light, I am the water. And then suddenly he says, I am the vine. Now, this was quite shocking because the vine was a symbol of the nation of of uh, Israel. It was a symbol of its fruitfulness. In fact, on Herod's the great, great temple, at the front of the temple, there was a vine that was put there that, that grew made out of gold and diamonds and, and rubies. And people would add jewels and precious jewels to this to signify our nation is all about the vine. What we are about is about the vine. So when Jesus said, I am the vine, this was shocking. He's actually saying, I am the one who replaces Israel because the vine was the national symbol. I mean, I look around the world and you see how there are national symbols. You know, America has the bald eagle. Uh, bald eagle. The, um, the British, or if you go from Britain, for Scotland, you have the, the unicorn. For England, you have the lion. For Wales, you have the, the dragon. Canada has its symbol. We have the maple leaf. Um, yes. Get away from me, lion. I'm waving a maple leaf at you. Hey, bald eagle, maple leaf. We got power. But for this generation, it was all about the, the vine. And Jesus was saying, listen, you get your sustenance, your refreshing power, your sense of identity from the nation being the vine, as Isaiah talks about. But let me tell you something. I am now the vine. I am the one that is going to refresh you. I am the one that is going to be with you. I am the one that is going to strengthen you. Because I am the vine, you are the branches, the Father is the gardener, and the Holy Spirit is the sap that runs through the vine to the branches that keeps us alive. Now, why is this so important? It's so important because if we are not connected to the vine in a remaining in Christ, then we are in danger of losing that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the most important thing that the church in Western, the Western world, in Canada, America, and in Europe needs, it needs a generation of young people that are willing to abide, are willing to remain, are willing to be part of the vine, are willing to be connected organically, powerfully, with the presence of Jesus in your life. Because the one thing about Christianity I know, it is a relationship between us and God, and it's a relationship that is the greatest relationship on the planet. I love being a Christian. I haven't always been brought up as a Christian. I was raised by an atheist. My dad told me that God didn't exist. I went to a private English school to be educated, as you can tell. Oh, yes. And I was expelled. I became, <laughs> I became a gang member. And I would stand there smoking my cigarette, my Benson and Hedges, trying to look really cool. You know, with that cool face. All right. These days, they don't smoke cigarettes. They smoke e-cigarettes. So they're smoking. And they look like a steam train. And 
And I, if I had been today, I'd be stood there surrounded in a cloud, and it's not the glory of God. And suddenly, <laughs> smoking my e-cigarettes, standing there with my spiked hair. I used to wear a two-tone suit. As I moved, the two-tone suit changed color from red to green, red to green. I looked like a paralytic traffic light. <laughs> there were skinheads, rockers, punks. Mods, all of these crazy things in the 70s when I was young, in the early 80s. And into this, this place came a Christian, two of them, happy Christians, hiding tambourines. And as they walked towards me, they said, excuse me. I said, yes, do you know that God loves you? I said, why don't you just go away? I don't believe in God. But the one thing that changed me was this idea that they kept saying to me, you need to come to our church, you need to find Jesus, and when you find Jesus, you have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Like, really? A living relationship? Yes. He becomes your friend? Yes. When you become born again, he changes your life? Really? Yes. I became a Christian, and on that night, the power of God fell on me one night in a church, and I went forward and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And that night, I went from blindness to sight. I went from not knowing God to knowing God. I went from never experiencing God to feeling clean and transformed because I'd met Jesus Christ. But I discovered that very quickly... There were lots of Christians who talked about relationship with Jesus, but did not have a relationship with Jesus. And the truth is that the most important thing you can do in your spiritual development is to be connected to the vine. To remain in Christ, to become close to Christ, to develop that intimacy, to develop that passion. He says, remain in me and you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. This doesn't mean, it's not talking about fruit of becoming Billy Graham and converting people. Although that's part of the Christian faith. And in, in, in Romans 1 verse 13, it talks about, I come to you so I could bear, much fr bear fruit. He's talking about souls. But here Jesus is talking about when you remain in Christ, you stay connected as a branch. You allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. You allow God the gardener to prune you. Something remarkable happens. Fruit of your character changes and you become more like Jesus. You receive love joy, peace. You experience what it is to know patience, kindness, and goodness. You know what it is to experience faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because when you are communing with God and your prayer life, your devotional life, your Bible reading is on fire because you want to feel and know the hand of God in your life. And the most important thing you can do in this generation is foster and develop a dynamic, intimate prayer life between you and Jesus. Because when the world turns against the church, when you find life becomes tough, it is you remaining in Christ and having that intimacy that makes all the difference. And I've had to learn that. I was fortunate now. I learned it in Canada. I was 18 years old. It was the mid-80s. 
I was speaking back then, a Youth of Christ speak. I came come to Canada and I was traveling around. And I was in a place called High River, Alberta. Oh yeah, I have lived the life. And, and I just finished speaking at a skateboarders conference because we were into skateboarding then. I, I wasn't very good at it because I had my balance, uh, but I could speak. So at this skateboarding conference, at the end of it, I was catching a bus to Regina, Saskatchewan. Yes. Thank you, the one person from Regina. I love Regina. And, and I was sort of, I was taken to the bus station and I was given, this old lady took me, I was staying on her farm, and she dropped me off at the Greyhound bus and she said, um, on your journey through the night, as you leave High River and travel through the prairies to Regina, I give you this book, read this book and it could change your life. I know this sounds a little bit like a country and western song. I'm getting ready to travel to Regina. And, and I get on the bus, it was the 80s, so I was pushed to the back where people used to smoke on buses. Can you imagine that? There were drunk cowboys all over the place. And I was stuck down there, little English lad, and a cowboy sat next to me, chatted away. I didn't understand a word he said. And then he smoked a cigarette, asked me if I wanted one. I was, I was fine, I didn't. You'll be pleased to know because I felt like I was sharing it with him anyway. And in the course of the evening, he fell asleep on my shoulder. It was very beautiful. I could smell his breath coming across my face. So I reached down and I put my Walkman on. Oh yeah, Gardens of the Galaxy. On it went. And I started to play Striper. Sorry, pathetic. And then... I pulled this book out, and it was a guy called George Mueller. He was a German who came to Britain in the 1850s to pioneer orphanages. He never asked for one penny. He just spent time praying to the Lord, and the powers of his prayer changed much of the United Kingdom because of this great missionary. And as I started to read this book, suddenly he started to explain how he was such a great remainer in the vine, how he was such a great individual of prayer. He talked about how he would open the Bible and he'd start to read it and a scripture would pop up and he would then take that scripture and he would pray into it. He would linger into it. He would think about it and then he'd carry on and read the Bible and then another scripture would come and he would linger. He would meditate. He would pray for nations. He would pray for missionaries. He'd pray for family members. He'd pray for the world. He'd pray for his village. He'd pray for provision for his orphan and then he'd read on and another scripture would come and he explained how in the place of remaining in Christ he heard God's voice scripture erupted in his heart like pocket uh, rocket missiles going off little rockets in his mind and he saw how God took him on a great adventure of prayer and at the end of that time I closed that book and I looked and I thought that's the kind of man of God I want to be I want to know what it is to remain in the vine 
I want to know what it is to connect to Christ. I want to know what it is to pray and to linger and to allow Scripture to come alive in my life. I want to enjoy prayer like I've never experienced anything else because when this world shakes, when this world faces problems, there is only one thing that will hold you firm, and that is your intimacy with Jesus Christ. And he... He took me on this adventure. I arrived in Regina, Saskatchewan, 3 a.m. in the morning. It was minus 40 outside. <sighs> Happiness is Regina in your rearview mirror. And then, <laughs> a joke. But I arrived there, and I met a beautiful youth pastor who's about 10 years older than me. And he was the only place I've ever been in my life where he planned a whole speaking tour in different schools, but he then factored in an hour of prayer here in your basement, and two hours of prayer here. And the first question he asked me was, how's your intimacy with Jesus? I was like, cheeky. What do you mean? He said, how's your prayer life? How is it? To be honest, it was rubbish. But that hour came, and I went down to that little, you know, Canadians have basements where, you know, you put your washing machines and the kids downstairs and the grandmother you never let out. And, and I was locked in this basement room with no windows, just could hear the air conditioning rattling. I opened up the book of Isaiah and I started to read it. And before I knew it, an hour had gone by and God had taken me on a prayer adventure I'd never experienced in my life. And God wants to take you on an intimate prayer adventure where you learn to abide in Christ. Where you learn to memorize scripture. Where you learn to pray. When this scripture is the, one of the most important teachings of Jesus in his great revelations. Because he's saying to you, listen, allow, allow yourself to remain in me. But what you've got to be willing to do is give up. I'll finish on this. I've got a little cousin. Well, he wasn't, he's not so little these days. He's, he lives in Wales. His name's Neil. And when I was a little bit younger than I am now, I used to go down and visit my uncle Paul and his kids. And cousin Neil, the oldest, used to come to me. He was about three. He used to go, cousin, cousin, take me for a walk, cousin. Little Welsh village, we walk along and he talked. He's bilingual, that means he speaks English and Welsh. So he I don't know if you've ever heard of Welsh or what it sounds like. Do Google it afterwards, it's hilarious. Um, but he walks along and he starts to speak to me in Welsh. Oh, brother, you know, cousin Philip. It's really, honestly, it's like that. And, and then there's little English words like McDonald's. And then he carries on. And, he's, and he always says to me, cousin, let me hold your hand. So that means he puts, I put down two little fingers. And his little pudgy fingers grab my hand, two little fingers. And we walk along and he talks. Ninja turtles, they don't have that in them. And he trips over. But because he's holding my two fingers, he hits the floor. 
And after about three times of walking along, talking away, he hits the floor. He hits the floor. He straightens his nose. And then he says, Kazan. I said, yes. You hold my hand. So I take my hand. Oh, yes. He carries on walking, talking incessantly in Welsh. And then he trips again, but this time he doesn't hit the floor. This time he swings. Because the difference is, he has me, he doesn't have me, I have him. And when you are abiding in the vine, and Jesus is the vine, the Father is the gardener, you are the branches, and the sap is the power of the Holy Spirit moving through your life. What you're saying is, God, you grab hold of me. And when you grab hold of me, when life goes wrong and it swings, you're going to hold on to me. And what I want to talk to you about tomorrow is about the relationship of how God prunes us. He develops us. He takes us on a deeper journey. And it is absolutely critical. See the alarm's going up. I'm nearly finished. It's absolutely critical that every one of us decides in this generation that I'm going to learn to remain in Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.